Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I want to take you to a passage of scripture. I want to take you to the book of 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 through 15. And uh, I'll give you just a little bit of context. Peter is an old man, which I do identify with a little bit. I'm getting older. Can you see the gray hair? <laughs> That's a former cameraman right there after this service. Uh, Peter's, an, Peter's getting older, and he's talking. He's talking to the church, the people of God. And then I love what he says. He says, therefore, I will always remind you. Everybody say, remind you. Remind. Yeah, you, you need to be reminded. It's one, it's one of the things that we appreciate about the older generation. My, my mom and dad, they'll be at the next service. Uh, uh, my dad tells the same old stories over and over and over again. How many of you have an older parent? you know, still living, and they go, I know, Dad, you've, you've told this story before, but I've learned not even to say that anymore. I just act like it's the first time I've ever heard it, even though he keeps repeating this thing. This is Peter. He's going, I want to remind you about these things, even though you already, even though you already know them. I, did I ever tell you all about that? Yes, Dad, Papa, you've told us about the time. I just want to remind you. Uh, even, though, even though you already know them and you're standing firm in the truth that you've been taught. So today, I just want to remind you of some things. And you're going to say to me, okay, Papa, but I, we already, I know I, I've already told you these things before, but I want to remind you. And he goes on to say, verse 13, and it is only right that I should, oh, great. And he's going to keep on reminding you, as long as you live. I'm going to keep telling you. I'm going, I'm going to keep repeating myself over and over again. Why do you think Peter's saying, I'm going, I've reminded you of these things, but as long as I live, I'm going to keep on reminding you of these things. Why do you think he keeps reminding them? Because they keep on forgetting. So there's something about us that we all keep forgetting. Uh, or we all drift it's, 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 it's the nature of the world that we live in. The culture always causes, there's always an undercurrent pulling you away from the very place you're supposed to be. Can I get an amen? It's, I, I need a, a seasoned saint who's already walked through it. Remember when you were young, how the, the world was always trying to pull. It doesn't get any, I thought it would get easier as you get older, but it doesn't. It's always pulling you. And he says, for, I, for our Lord Jesus has shown me that I've got to soon leave this earthly life so I will work hard to make sure that you remember these things after, after I'm gone. And so uh, it, it, I, I know I'm not an old man. Thank you, Rachel Carroll. Rachel always tells me, she goes, Pastor G, quit saying you're old. You're not that old. Thank you, Rachel, for still believing in me. Uh, but, but I, I don't mind the age thing. I really don't. I, I don't mind getting older. People about, you know, what, what's the greatest season? And I go, no, it's the season I'm in, right? It, it doesn't matter 
And I've asked people that were older, I asked Miss Louise Bodwan, who is Pastor Jacob's mother-in-law, and, uh, and I asked her one time, and I was like, she's probably, she was probably pushing 75-ish, and, and, and I just said, Miss Louise, be honest, tell me, what's the greatest season of your life? Which, which season that you look back on and went, that was the best season of my life? And she did not even hesitate. She said, right now. I, I want to live like that, don't you? That whatever season you're in, you go, this is it. This is the best season of my life, right now. If you've got teenagers at home, there's better seasons coming in Jesus' name. Right now. So I, I, want, I want to just remind you, I, I want to I take the position of Peter today, if I could, and just keep reminding you of some things. Why do you got to keep reminding us, Pastor You? Because we, we forget. <laughs> I, I'm sorry I missed that over there. I, we we got to keep reminding you. And so I, I, want, I want you to go, and if maybe you're here today, maybe it's, maybe it's the first time you heard it. And that's important too. You got to keep reminding because there are going to be some that are, if the church continues to grow, there'll be people who come along who've never heard it. And so we keep saying the same things over, maybe a different way, but the same thing. We keep saying it over and over and over and over and over again so that one, if you've been here a while, you don't forget. And then those that are new are going to hear it for the first time so they can also be reminded in the future. And so that's where we are today. And I want to remind you I'm doing my best, Peter. I know, Papa, you've already told us the story. I want to remind you of how this church began. You got to remember. You can't forget. You got to remember where it came from. This church, by the way, did not happen in Pastor Eugene and Heidi's heart. This church was not birthed out of a mission or a vision from Pastor Jacob and Michelle. Pastor Nick and Rachel didn't have this idea. This church was birthed because God had it in his heart, not in our heart. In fact, I would say to you, I always thought Heidi and I were, have served on this team for over 20 years at our Savior's Church. This campus for our, this Easter will be 12, but probably, probably in seven years of our tenure here, we were living in Lafayette, Lafayette Parish, we were living there, and Heidi asked me this question. Do you think we'll ever lead our own campus or our own church again? And I said to her, I don't know. But if we do, we'll be better for it for serving here these past seven years. We had no idea what our future was. If you would have asked me, do you see yourself leading, where would it be? A, a, I would have probably told you, big city. I am a big city kind of guy. I was made for a metropolitan area. <laughs> How many of you know, you, you don't get the opportunity to tell the creator what you were created for. That's a lesson. He's the creator. You don't tell him where you would best fit. He takes you and places you where he thinks you would work the best. 
And so it was, it was through that. And then the, the bat on family, I don't know if they're here this morning. Uh, I don't see them up here. They may be at the 11. That's about where they sit, right up in there. Everybody's looking around. That's the bat on section. And uh, Tommy and Susan Badon, who were the, the, at WCA at the time as the athletic director, had a small group that met here with about the 20 or so adults and about 72 kids. And they, they had a small group. And they would go to the Lafayette campus and they would torment me. We need to start something in Opelousas. I want to be quite honest with you. I've never been to Opelousas except to go to the Westminster Christian Academy uh, place, school. That's, only, I, that's as north as I got. And that's how this church started. They bugged us. When do we start something? We need to start something. We were, on, we were going to start. Let me just tell you what we were going to start. We were going to get a big screen like this, rent a building, and put and pipe in Lafayette service to here. That was going to be our campus. We weren't going to, we weren't going to send anybody here. That's what was going to happen. Pastor Jacob said, go, you and Heidi go, take over that small group, get a lunch team together, and get one started. Why am I telling you this? Because you need to remember, driving through city, looking for places, we recognize and realize what was going on in the community, and we just went, this should not be this way. This should not be this way. This should not be this way. We, remember, we, we, we drove through, and somewhere in there, God took the burden that was on his heart downloaded it to not only the Badon's heart, but then started, that started spreading to our heart. And we went home to Pastor Jacob and Michelle and said, we got to pray. I think we're supposed to come and do this. Okay, we're not the heroes in this story. Jesus is the hero in the story. It didn't start in our heart. It started in his heart. That's why when Pastor Jim was here, he was talking about Nazareth. He was talking about Bethlehem. He was saying, can anything good? That's what they said about Jesus. Like, can anything good come out of Bethlehem? Are you kidding me? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Those were the forgotten cities and forgotten places of the world. But how many of you know, it may not be on man's list, but it's always on God's list, the forgotten places of the world. Oh, can, can I tell you things that have been said? Pastor Jim has told us 20 times, every time he comes here, he goes, Opelousas is the crown jewel of our Savior's church. <laughs> Kenny Luck, I don't know if you, any of you guys remember Kenny Luck. Anybody here of Pastor Rick Warren, Saddleback Church in California? Kenny Luck was the men's pastor Kenny Luck of, of Saddleback Church. Kenny Luck calls me several years back, just calls me out of the blue. And I go, Kenny Luck. Hey, Kenny. Man of God. I was just praying for y'all this morning in Opelousas. He's been here once, probably back in Delta Grand Days. Delta Grand Days. And he said, I just want to say this to you. God's going to use y'all to tear down pride, prejudice, and poverty. What God is doing in Opelousas is a beautiful thing. And it may start in Opelousas, but it's going to spread to the rest of the nation. God is going to elevate and promote. And he's going to, well, like a shine, he's going to put a spotlight on it for the nation to see. Because it is the answer to the very thing that is happening in our culture. 
God's going to lift it up and elevate it. Just receive that. That's for you. Receive it. Just go, I receive it. Turn to your neighbor and say, I receive it. And little old Opelousas, are you kidding me? Why am I telling you this? Because I'm just reminding you. When we went to Delta Grand Theater, anybody here was at the Delta Grand Theater? That's where we started, Delta Grand. How many of you have ever been to the Delta Grand for another reason other than lifting up the name of Jesus? Let me see your hand. If you've ever been in there backing it up. I know. I heard the stories. It's called redemption, people. We redeem in this land. We had to go perform an exorcism before we started using it. <laughs> Delta Graham, we started there. You know what, Delta Graham, I mean, just remember, this is where the church started. There's a picture out there. There's a picture out there. If you ever just decide to walk down, look at the pictures of all the places that we've been. We've had no home. And we, we walked through all that Delta Grand. Here's one of the things I remember about the Delta Grand. I remember it. There's funny stories about the Delta Grand. I remember, John, I remember you getting baptized at the Delta Grand. Remember, we, 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 didn't have any, we didn't have a place to get baptized, so we had to heat the water up with crawfish boil, boil burners in the back. That's how we heated the water. Yeah, it was a water trough. It was a, a horse trough. A horse trough, and we'd baptize people in there. And then one time, remember the time we got it too hot? We didn't know we got it too hot. Yeah, there was the first, remember the guy, the first, it was a young boy, he's probably 12. He, he just, he sticks, he's the first one to get baptized. He sticks his foot in there and he goes, I'm not going in there. And we're like, no, you're getting baptized. He's like, I'm not going in there. So we go, okay, what else? So they brought ice and poured it in there and we finally got it down. To... That's what happened. I remember one of the communion services. We used to, remember, we don't do this anymore because it wasn't sanitary, but I didn't realize at the time, but we, we used to actually take loaves of bread. Remember, you would walk to the front and you would take a loaf of bread and then you would dip it in a bowl of juice and, and then you would receive it. Well, that's okay if you're like the first six or seven, <laughs> but after about 25 it's all bread crumbs everywhere. You just dip it all up in there. One time, God is my witness. One time, we, we had these, we, we had, there was a, a, like a men's home of, 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 they were challenged. And they asked, they said, could we come to service? We said, yeah. He said, if y'all would just reserve this back row, I'll bring them in there. They so appreciate the word. Of course, everybody's welcome here. And, and, and it was men who, who were mentally challenged. And, and they would, communion would happen. And one day communion was happening and they were coming up there. And one of those men, I don't think he really realized what we were doing. I think he thought it was snack time. <laughs> like during service, like halftime. Like uh, everybody take a break and we're going to get a snack. And so he went up and you're supposed to just break a little piece off of the bread. He just grabbed the whole loaf, <laughs> dipped the whole thing in there. And then walk back to his seat like, this is awesome church. <laughs> Brother, he, he, he didn't get a piece of Jesus. He ate all of Jesus. <laughs> I just want to remind you, why am I telling you this? Because I want you to remember. I, I remember, I think it might have been you, Tommy, who told me. He's like, Tommy, because that theater, it represented something. J just think of God, how... 
He does everything on purpose. There is nothing that's a mistake with him. Even when you think it was a mistake, he says, I'll take that, turn it around, and still use that for my good. He's a redeemer. We, we went to that Delta Grand Theater that used to be a movie theater. Anybody ever go to the movies there? When you just get... You might remember that there's a doorway still on the outside. It's not an actual door anymore. They stuccoed over it, but they still have the trim of the door. Drive by, go look at it. If you were black, you were not allowed to walk in the front door there. You had to get a ticket, and you had your own entrance. And that entrance took you upstairs, because you weren't allowed to sit on the bottom floor. One Sunday, we were there, and it might have been you, Dejan, I don't remember, who told me, I used to come to the movies here, Tommy's white, I'm pointing at him, he's white, he's a white guy, he goes, and we'd sit here watching the movies, and the black kids would be up top, and they would throw stuff, like candy, and little pieces of ice down on us while we were watching the movie. I said, Really? He goes, yeah, wow. And then that same service, after service, there was an African-American gentleman who pulled me aside and goes, Pastor Eugene, when I was little, I used to come here. They wouldn't let me sit on the bottom floor. I'd have to sit on the top floor. And what I would do, (laughs) I'd throw ice down on the white kids. (laughs) And I said, come here. We're going to do race reconciliation right now. And I put them together. They repented to each other. And unity came to the house of God. The very place that represented separation now is the very place that people are coming under one banner. A carpenter from Galilee lifting our hands to the very one. You ought to give God praise for that. I just want you to remember... Why am I telling you this? Because we, we forget. And then, then we moved over to, uh, uh, where do we move? Civic Center days. Anybody remember Civic Center days? Okay, there, I don't know if we can do this at the next service. If we could take a picture of the picture out there and maybe put it on here when I reference it. I'm making this up as I go. Th- that picture haunts me. It troubles me. No, I'm serious, that picture out there. Because if, if you go out and look at that picture of, that, of the Civic Center days, this is what you're going to see. You're, you're going to see that there's not a seat in the house and people are standing against the wall to go to church. There's no seats. Now, if you remember Civic Center days, here's what I want you to, if you didn't know this, what happened in Civic Center days, there was no place to park. So you could never find a place to park there. In fact, people would park in Walmart across the road and then play Frogger. (laughs) Some of you old, you get it. If you're young, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Frogger, remember Frogger? And you'd play Frogger to get to church on Sunday. I don't know if y'all remember this back in those days. We didn't have these fancy screens like this. We had a projector, but we had to do it from the back. And every time the worship team got on, they would walk in the line. And you'd see them walking across the screen. How many of y'all remember that? You see, you could get back behind the screen and do little hand things and it'd be on the screen. 
the AC never worked right, the heater never worked right, it was either too cold or it was too hot. The parking lot, remember when it rained, it, it held about three foot of water and we'd, we'd walk in, we'd try, we'd try to get through. The, the potholes in, in the Civic Center. Lighting was terrible in there. There were poles everywhere, so sometimes you would get a seat. If you got there late, you'd get the seat that you'd have to do like this to look around the pole. You'd get a crick in your neck. How many, anybody remember those days? And the stage would creak. I don't know if y'all remember that, but when I got to preaching good, it'd go, and you'd always think when, when the worship team got going, you think this thing is about to collapse in Jesus' name. Do y'all remember that? I remember Papaw, that's my dad. He was the lead Parker back in those days. And he would be out, he had like 722 men on his parking team. I don't know how he did it. No, then I figured it out. He would see a guy walking in to go to church and he would, he would accost him, I mean, recruit him <laughs> out in the parking lot to be a parker. The guy would say yes and then he'd walk in and I would introduce myself to him and I'd go, hey, my name's, Pastor, I'm Eugene, I'm the pastor here. He goes, oh, my name's James, nice to meet you, pastor. And I go, great, how long have you been coming? And he would say, this is my first time. The next week I would show up and he'd be parking cars. He hadn't even got into the church and he already agreed to be a parker. I just want you to remember. Just don't forget. Remember. And then we moved over to Opelousas High School. Do you all remember that? Opelousas High School, you remember that? We, 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 we. By the way, to me, I'm just telling you, the, the Delta Grand represented the very thing that we're standing against, pride, prejudice, and poverty. The Civic Center was the government. And then we move into the school, the school districts. Opelousas High School. And you remember those days? I don't know if you knew that, but about those days, but there, there were, uh, we, we, every one of those buildings and facilities, you need to know this, Every single one of them, we put the sound systems in, we put the lighting systems in, we put all of that in because we wanted to leave it better than we found. And when we left, we left it all there so that the community would have it so they could use it for their purposes. You just need to know that. Why am I telling you this? Because I don't want you to forget All along, God opening doors, closing other ones, opening them up. I want, you to, I want you to remember. And then we, walking out of that civic center one day, it was Danny Jackson who pulled me aside and said, we're always looking for some old building to retrofit, to refurbish for our purposes. If we're really serious about tearing down pride, prejudice, and poverty in our community, White folks and black folks have never built anything together. Danny is an African-American man. He said, if we're going to tear it down, we need to do it together. We need to sacrifice together. We need to find the best piece of property together. And we need to sacrifice and build it together. And I said, that's the word of the Lord. Why am I telling you? 
You need to remember. And that's when we found this piece of property. We just looked at it and went, this is it. This is the best piece of property in St. Landry Parish. 132 acres. Do we need 132 acres? No, but it was 132 acres, and it was the best. We said, Lord, you're going to have to, woo. <laughs> what they want for it? They wanted $3 million for it. We didn't have $3,000. I called Pastor Jacob. Pastor Jacob, we found the best piece of property. I want to come see it. So he comes up, see it. We pull at that very dead end. And we pull up, and he gets out first thing out of his mouth. There's gold in the dirt. In Jesus' name, there's gold in the dirt. In Jesus' name, there's gold in the dirt. I go, well, they want $3 million. There's gold in the dirt, man of God. There's gold in the dirt. And I said, well, that's what we want to do. We want to build a church, and then we want to develop the outside because we need businesses, we need, we need jobs, we need places to come to the community. Man, we need, we need that to come here because, man, it's poverty. Man, this, is, this goes with the mission that God has called us here for. It's not just so that we can come to church on Sunday. Are you with me? And so we, we, we got to do more than that. Why am I telling you this? You got to remember. And then we walk through this. This thing was, this was hell getting through it. Listen, anything, God's purpose for you, there will always, always face the opposition from the enemy and the devil. Always there going, no, you can't do this. I don't know if you might remember, you might used to drive to the Civic Center or Opelousas High School. I always parked right here on Sunday mornings. Once we got the land, I parked here every, every Sunday. I'd be out there. People would text me. I see you. You out there in the land. What you doing? Praying. Praying on the land. Praying on the land. Believing one day. We'd go set up, break down. Every week. What you doing? Praying. Praying on the land. I see some of y'all out here too. Sometimes when I drive by, I don't see some of y'all out here. I text you, what you doing? <laughs> praying. <laughs> praying on the land. And then God opens, obviously, miraculous doors. Everybody that comes here, a guest, they always go, can we go to Opelousas? I, I, I wouldn't say this. Don't put this on the tape. Can y'all edit right here? Dr. Darius, when he comes, he goes, Am I going to get to go to Opelousas? Everybody wants to go to Opelousas. Pastor Jim, we can, can I, I want to go to Opelousas. I like Opelousas. Plus, he likes mama's biscuits. I think I, we, always, we always have to get him biscuits. And they're not open on Sunday morning that early, so we have to go Saturday to get the biscuits so we can have them here with strawberry jam. And how many of you know you get the prophet what the prophet wants? You know what I'm saying? You want biscuits? We get you biscuits. Why am I telling you all this? You got to remember. Because we forget. Now, I, I, want, I, 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 I want to make sure. I, I remember opening, and I saw Mary this weekend. I don't know if Mary's here, this service, or next. Mary Jackson. Mary Hardy. Mary Hardy, next service. I remember when I first met Mary Hardy, a woman of God, intercessor from this community who's related to everybody. 
She knows everybody. She related to them. I, I, can, I can't just mention a name. And she oh, yeah, that's my third cousin, second cousin. And Mary just said, Pastor Eugene, I've been praying since I can remember that God would send a church like this to a community like this. This is an answer to a prayer. Look at me. It never starts in your heart. God always puts the intercessors and the prophetic people in advance praying for the very thing that comes into existence. You're a part of it. You're a part of that. But something does happen to you. There's a reason why Peter is going, I got to remind you of these things because all of us drift from them. It is the nature of, human kind, of, of, of our humanity is to drift away from the very purpose for which God has laid hold of us. And I want to take you to really a prophetic word that's found in the book of Genesis chapter 26. Are we, are we, everybody still tracking with me? Victor, come help me because he's going to help me finish this real quick. And I just want to give you this word. Genesis chapter 26. I'm going to begin at verse number one, but let me give you the little context, a little bit of context of what we're talking about. This is about Isaac, who is Abraham's son, one and only son. You ever heard that language before? My one and only son. And this is Isaac. Abraham is a very important figure. I'm going to talk more about Abraham after the beginning of the year. But Abraham, we're all connected to Abraham because he is considered the father of faith. So if you're here today, let me me just give you the snapshot. And, And you want to know where you're really from. All of us have a spiritual lineage all the way back to Abraham. That's our guy. He is the one who started this thing called faith. And so we owe a debt of gratitude to him. Isaac is the one and only son. And this is the story about Isaac. Now watch this. Genesis chapter 26, verse 1 through 6. Now a severe famine, everybody say famine, overshadowed the land as had happened before. Because we know what a famine is, right? You could have put a plague. You could have put COVID-19. You could have put anything here. It's, it's, it's ravaging the entire communities. And, and it's happened before. I know this has been a difficult year for all of us. Very difficult for all of us. But it's happened before. This is not a surprise to God, though it might have surprised us. It's a, a severe famine just as has happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac is now experiencing something that he's never experienced before, but how many know there's always somebody that's experienced it before you? You, The devil would love for you to believe you're the only one. Oh, you're the only one that's feeling this. No, no, you're not the only one. How many thank God for our seniors who have walked through things, who could say to us, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread? Watch this. And so Isaac moved to the, to the city of Gerar where Abimelech, king of the Philistines, lived. Jehovah, God, appeared to him and told him, Don't go to Egypt. I wonder why God said, don't go to Egypt. Probably because Isaac was thinking, I think I'll just go to Egypt. Hmm. 
I think I'll leave the place of famine and go to the place where they're not having it. I think I'm going to get out of this. And God is going to say to him, don't get out of it because I'm going to get you through it. Now, listen to me. He wants out, but God wants him to go through. He wants out, but God wants him to go through. He wants out, but God wants him to go through. I'm talking to somebody here because you're thinking, I want out, when God is saying to you, I don't want you out. I want you to go through. Jehovah appeared to him and told him, don't go to Egypt. Do as I say and stay here in this land. If you do, I'll be with you and I'm going to bless you. And I will give you this land to you and your descendants, just as I promised Abraham, your father. And I will cause your descendants to become as numerous as the stars. And I will give them all of these lands and they shall be a blessing to all the nations on the earth. I will do this because Abraham obeyed my commands and laws. Now, for those who don't know, God has already promised Abraham this very thing. Abraham, I'm going to start a nation. It will be you. You'll be the father of this nation. Your descendants will outnumber the sand on the seashore and the stars in the sky. And he promised him that. And then he couldn't have any children. And then Isaac was born when he was an old, 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 old man. And Sarah was an old lady. In fact, she was 90. You think she was 90? And he was 99? I don't know if we got anybody that old in here. It was a miracle. And now God is re-upping the promise to the next generation. The very same promise that was given to Abraham, now Isaac gets to sit under that same promise. The Bible doesn't use the word promise. The Bible uses the word covenant. The C word, covenant. Which in covenant, there was a penalty. If two men came together in a covenant, if one of them broke the covenant, it was punishable by death. And God is going to enter into a covenant with man. I'm going to bless you. If you'll do what I'll say, if you'll obey my commands, I'm going to bless you. He's reminding him of the covenant that he had with his father Abraham. Question, do you think Isaac ever heard about this covenant when he was growing up? What did Papa used to say, Papa Abraham? One time the Lord came and gave me a, gave me a, gave me a word and told me he's going to bless me, yeah. If I'll do what's right. I know, Papa. Dad, I've heard that story a hundred times. Now Isaac is going to hear it from God himself. And if you'll do what your father did, I'll do for him just as I'll do for you just as I said I would do for him. Watch what happens. That year, Isaac's crops were tremendous. One hundred times the grain he sowed. What was he going through? A famine. But yet when he planted his crops, even though there was a famine, his crops continued to grow because he stayed instead of leaving. Ooh. 
Can I give you a promise from the word over your life? I will make you a well-watered garden in a sun-scorched land. That's a promise from the word. Hundred times, for Jehovah blessed him. And he was soon a man of great wealth. And he became richer and richer. He had large flocks of sheep and goats, great herds of cattle, many servants, and the Philistines became jealous of him. So they filled up his wells with earth, all those dug by the servants of his father Abraham. This is humorous to me. So the city of Gerar is going through a famine, which means there is no rain. And if there ain't no rain, there ain't no, there ain't no water. And so they came up with a great idea. Let's go fill up the wells. Let's go ahead and fill. So, so he can't have any water. How many of you know what, he's at, what they're actually doing? If he ain't got no water, guess what? You ain't got no water. Let me tell you what about the devil. The devil always overplays his hand. He ain't as smart as you, you think he is. Let's just fill up their wells. That way they ain't going to have no water. Well, you ain't got no water either, stupid. King, King Abimelech asked Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else, he said, for you've become too rich and too powerful for us. So Isaac moved from the city to the valley, Gerar Valley, and he lived there instead. I love this. Watch this. And Isaac re-dug the wells of his father, Abraham. Now, just pause for a second. I just want to talk to you just for a second about redigging. Redigging the wells. We're coming to the end of a year, and we're going to begin a brand new year. It's a great time. I think God gave us this. Because you come to the end of one year, you kind of reflect back. And then you look at the new year, and you're going to make some resolutions. You're going to lose some weight. You're going to do... You, it's time to go redig the wells that we used to drink from. Look, can I just give you an illustration? I told our staff this the other day. And we were just... And I go, let me, let, me, let me tell you what it used to be like before we had a building. And, and I just walked through it. I said, Java Square, the coffee shop, was an office. We, we, we walked these, we met people in the community. And, and, and I was talking to some of our young staff. I said, no, 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 see, you got ministry all wrong. Ministry is not what we do on Sunday morning. We, we are ministers. And when we walk out of these walls, wherever we go is a ministry opportunity because we are ministers of the Lord. And if you try to get real good at doing this, because now we're all fancy, right? Remember Civic Center days? I ain't got no creek up here. Remember those bad screens? Look at this. I never dreamed we'd have one of them. I don't even know what we call that. It's cool though, isn't it? We can change it in a moment. Can y'all change it? Can I? Can I? Yeah, there we go. They could, they could put anything back. They could ruin this sermon if they wanted to. We didn't, we didn't have the cameras. You could just look at and just go, hey, can I talk to you for just for a second? Remember, because you had to look around the pole to see. 
and you were too hot or too cold. Do you remember? And then something happens to you. And, and, then, and then I told our staff, I said, and now, now you're going, oh, let's try to get everybody to the church. We, we never thought that way back in those days, get everybody to the church. No, we said, no, no, we'll just, we'll just bring us to them. Wherever it is, it didn't matter if it was a school board meeting, it didn't matter if it was a teacher who needed something, it didn't matter if it was a harvest festival or a single mama's deal, it didn't really matter. We were a school that needed to be renovated. It really didn't matter. That was the wells that were dug that were that from your father Abraham, if you will, Father Eugene, if you will, back in the day, that was the wells that we dug. And then the enemy tries to cover them up and then go, no, no, get, get you off kilter. Go, no, 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 let's, now we got a fancy building. Let's, let's, okay, everybody look right here for a second. I just want you to hear my heart, Heidi's heart. Just reminding you. We don't care how big the church is. I want it to grow. Pastor Nick, Rachel wants it to grow. Pastor Myron wants it to grow. Our staff wants it to grow don't really care big church was never a goal seeing a community transformed tearing down pride and prejudice and poverty is the goal and we do whatever we need Oh, listen, you don't, I'll just remind you a few of the battles we had to fight. Oh, they, 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 they tried to cover the whales up back in the day. Did you, I'll, I'll give you a few. Did you know, I, I, I pulled up one time to a pastor's church. I was going to go in and fight him. I'm serious. I was going to go in because they put in their bulletin about you and I was mad on your behalf that don't go to that church and I pulled up in, I pulled up in the parking lot I'm getting out of the car my phone rings is one of the brothers from the church one of you men what are you doing pastor you I'm about to walk up into this church and tell this pastor something right now and thank God thank you Jesus he said, why are you going to do that? And talk me off the ledge. It was about three or four months later. One of those churches had a fire. And I, I was like, well, that's what happens when you mess with the people of God. <laughs> that was wrong. That, by the way, that's wrong. That was wrong on my behalf. And, and, and they put out what they needed. And the Holy Spirit said, you got, you, you got chairs. They need chairs, you got chairs. Send them chairs. So I was like, shoot. All right, Kevin, Kevin, could you load up? I wasn't taking them. I'm making Kevin take them. <laughs> oh, I can tell you more. I can tell you a hundred stories like that. I, I can tell you stories where, where not just religious Black and white prejudice? If you were African American in the early days, you had to take some shots if you came to this church. 
I remember one of our, one of our precious sisters, she's a single mama. She came in and said, Pastor Eugene, I've been fighting the devil. And I said, oh, really? You've been fighting the devil? What's going on? She said, oh, I'm getting hammered of going because I go to Our Savior's church. I said, why? She said, because the word on the street is black people shouldn't go to where white people go. I said, this is not a white church. This is not a black church. Don't ever get that in your mind. This, can we, we're trying to get the, the, that, whatever that is, we're trying to get that out. It doesn't belong there. We're all following a Jewish carpenter. Come on, somebody. Are you kidding me? It, it, I don't care. What, we don't care. And she goes, I know, Pastor. You, she, said, she said, the rumor is, there's rumor out now. I said, what's the rumor? She said, you're trying to get all the single men to marry the single ladies in the church. And I said, well, what did you say? And she said, I said, that ain't true, because if it was, I'd be calling Pastor Eugene right now and say, get me married. <laughs> Look at that. See what the enemy does? He always tries to throw stuff into the well. Let's clog the well. I'm, I'm telling you something. Look at me right here. Look right here. Some of you need to go redig the wells that your mother and your father dug. Your grandmother, Doug, you're sitting in here. And I am too. I am a product of a mother and a father who dug a well and praying, seeking God so that one day I would finally surrender to the call of God on my life. And we all got to go back and redig the wells of the, future, the, the past generations again. Get those things cleared out back in our word again. You know what water represents? In the word, the Holy Spirit. We got to go back and redig those. I'm going to help you in the new year. I'm going to help you with this in the new year. But to go back and redig those old wells that were dug, dug from previous generations. I told Victor and the worship team, we, we were talking about it the other day. Go, you got to start bringing up some of those old songs. And that's all the old people right there going, yeah! I said, listen to me. They're so old, the young people ain't going to know their old songs. <laughs> what is that? No, no, redig some of those old wells again. Watch what happens. And Isaac redug the wells of his father Abraham, the ones the Philistines had filled after his father's death, and he gave them the same names. Watch what happened. The same names that they had before. And when his father had named them, his shepherds also dug a new well. And they found a gushing underground spring. So let me, let me translate that. If you'll go back and redig the old thing, you will discover a new thing. If you want God to do a new thing, return to the old thing. And if you will, God will meet you there and he'll fill it with fresh water, his Holy Spirit, the infilling of his Holy Spirit. Are y'all tracking with me? So let me, let, me give you, let me give you a little bit of vision. 
We have a generation that is growing up. When you say Abraham, do you know that story? They say, I don't. When you say Noah, I do, they don't know what that story is. When you say uh, Moses, they can't tell you that story unless they watch the Prince of Egypt. And some of you did. We're raising up a generation who has an identity crisis, right? Because they are not connected to their story. And in the new year, we're going to begin a brand new series. It may take us all year to go through it. It may be one series for a whole year. We're going we're gonna to go back and we're going to revisit some of the stories. Because God wants to, we're going to redig some of those old wells up. And God is going to fill them with fresh water again. And you're going to be learning from the old stories. Can I get an amen right now? Watch okay, so I'm excited about that because we got to redig some old wells up again. I'm going to need you old timers because some of you old timers, you're going to remember these stories, but I'm here to remind you. And for the next generation, it's, it's to come up and, and for them to learn some of these stories because when they, when they go and start redigging too, they're going to find fresh water. And I believe it's the, 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 the direction of the Holy Spirit to do just that. I, I wasn't going to have another Sunday to talk to you like this, so I wanted to take this Sunday to let you know what's going to be happening in the new year. I'm going to go ahead and tell them one more thing. Is that okay, Myron? Pastor Myron, if, Pastor Myron, do you give me permission? Yeah, he said I did. I want to call the entire church together as one so that you can hear it all at the same time. So in January, I don't know how long we're going to do this. We're going to do it probably for a short season. I'm going to call us all to one service in January. What time, Pastor Eugene? Well, I'm, going to, I'm not going to ask the 11 to come to the 9 because they won't because they're lazy and they sleep late. No, I'm teasing. I'm just a joke. That's a joke. And I'm not going to ask you to go to the 11 because you're old and that's your nap time. No, I'm teasing. That's a joke. That's a joke, people. We're going we're gonna to put it at the 10 o'clock hour. That just for a short season, we're all going to come together at the same time because I want you to hear it at the same time. I, I love what A.W. Tozer said. I'll put it on the board for you. I love this. Here's what he said. Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other. So if we're all pianos, you're going to hear the same tuning fork, boom, and you can tune to that. We're all going to be tuned at the same time. They are of one accord. They are in unity together by being tuned, not to each other, but to another standard, to which each one must individually bow. So 100 worshipers met together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be were they to become unity conscience and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. Let me translate that for you. If we're all sitting in a room and we're all in tune to God, it automatically makes us in unity together. 
But when we walk out of here to say we're looking for unity and try to get it by building a relationship this way, you're going to get all kinds of diversity. We need to find the one voice that we all bow our knee to at the same time so that we can walk together in unity and represent Jesus to a community in Jesus' name. So I'm excited. Don't forget where we came from. We're going to redig the wells together, the old wells. And when we are redigging them, guess what else we're going to find? We're going to find new wells, new water, fresh water in Jesus' name. Saints, old saints, this is your finest hour, baby. New saints, hold on for the ride. It's going to be awesome. Can we give God all the praise, all the glory, all the honor? I want you to bow your heads with me. Maybe you came today. Maybe it's your first time. You walked in today. And you, you, you don't even know where you're at with God. In fact, if I were to ask you, if you died today, where would you spend eternity? You know, the Bible says no one knows the day or the hour and that all of our days are numbered. And you go, well, how can a man know where he'd spend eternity? Jesus said it this way. In order to see the kingdom or enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Born again. Nicodemus asked the question, how, that's impossible. I mean, I can't go back into the womb of my mother. I can't, and, and Jesus would say, no, no, that's, that's of the flesh. I'm talking of the spirit. You have to be born again of the spirit. And you go, Pastor Eugene, how, how do I be born again? It's easy as A, B, and C. A, admit that you're a sinner. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's what the scripture tells us. It's absolutely true. I have broken the commandments of God. I am a sinner. I have sinned and fallen short. It's true. B, believe that Jesus came sent by God, the one and only son sent by God to live a sinless life that I could not live, to die on a cross to pay for the penalty for sinners like me and you. And then see, confess him as the Lord. That simply means removing yourself from the throne of your life and letting him be in charge of your life. For those who've committed their life to Jesus, we are following him. He's the leader. We're not. And to follow Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you're ready to submit your life to Jesus, to surrender. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He ordained every day of your life, even this one, that you'd be hearing my voice right now, hearing this presentation of the good news that he didn't come to condemn you. He came to set you free. He came that you could live for eternity forgive you of everything you've ever done. It's his desire, but you gotta repent. You gotta admit it. You gotta repent. You gotta say, I don't wanna live that way anymore. I'm ready to surrender my life to God. If that's you today, I wanna pray with you. There's nothing magical about this prayer, but I'll lead you in it. And you say, I'm ready. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. Would you slip your hand up all over this room right now? Just go, that's me. Thank you, I see your hands. Thank you, I see your hands. Congregation, can we add our voice to theirs? Would you say it together? Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, 
my shame and my guilt and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. And let's declare this, God is my Father, Jesus is my Savior, the Holy Spirit is my helper, and heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God all the praise, all the glory, all the honor?